0: Hey there, I'm your host, Brianna Sexton. I'm an email marketing strategist and copywriter on a mission to flip marketing on its head to make it simple, strategic, and spam-free. As I like to say, the only thing I love more than warm mugs are warm leads. Welcome to the Cup of Copy podcast. All right, so grab your favorite cup of morning magic, be it tea, coffee, cocoa, cider, wine, what have you, and let's get started. Hey there, and welcome to the Cup of Copy podcast. I'm your host, Brianna Sexton, and today is a very special episode. I have my good friend, Sharon, and we're going to be talking about all things SEO. So I'm going to turn it over to her um, because she's absolutely amazing at what she do. And as much as I understand about SEO, she's probably way better at doing it. So welcome to the show, Sharon. Thank you so
1: much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yeah so excited. Okay. So can you tell me a little bit about like what SEO is before we get started for those who don't know?
1: Yeah, totally. So when I first started hearing about SEO, I thought it was this like scary tech thing. And I had all these flashbacks to like, coding a website and like all those things I did at the beginning. And I was like, uh, uh-uh, I ain't about that. Like, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> but when I actually started learning more about it, I realized that it's really, there is some technical stuff, but really it's more about satisfying your client and Google as well as other search engines, right. With your content. So really it comes down to, are you writing content that Google can recognize This is good content. So it's more than just storytelling. It's, it's more about like, am I answering somebody's search query that they type into Google effectively? So that's really when you boil SEO down to like one thing, it's just satisfying user intent and using the markers that search engines use to determine whether or not you're satisfying that.
0: Cool. I have like six questions just from that. <laughs> <laughs> we can we can do another one about that cuz social the the markers and all that fun uh, all that would be really fun to talk about. Yeah. Um so tell me a little bit more about like how you got into SEO as a con- as a concept, like where you started yeah. and how you got to where you are now. Yeah.
1: So I started my online business as A food blogger um, back in early 2018. Um, So I started writing gluten-free recipes, gluten-free tips, things like that. My husband has celiac disease Um, and I really just started as a hobby blog and once people started like finding me on social I realized oh like this is somebody I've never met before that tried this stuff and that's pretty cool. So I started kind of taking it a little bit more seriously but I was working full-time and everything um, after about a year, it became clear to my family that it was time for me to take, um, a step back from my full-time job and move in a different direction. So I actually got into a grad school program to study nutrition and dietetics, um, and become a registered dietitian. And at that point, I was met with the like reality of, oh, I am not only not going to have income, but I have to find out how to get income to help pay me, pay my way through school. So um, I looked at this website and thought, huh, maybe something's here. So at that point, I started taking it seriously and doing all the things we talk about, right? Building an email list, using social, using Pinterest. And I started learning a little bit about SEO. And once I started learning it, I realized that instead of being scared of it, it actually made creating content so much easier for me, because it's kind of how like, you have to write a paper about something in school and you're like i don't even know how to write this and you get kind of stuck but then you do research and you're like oh okay i can write about that and it makes a lot more sense so that's kind of how i first started digging into seo is honestly it made it easier for me to write posts on my website that's
0: oh sorry that's awesome and i think it's funny because my entire degree was um professional writing so we learned how to build websites and we learned how to like write content, but the content was always planned for us. So SEO was never something that we like learned in school, even though it was pretty much part of all the different concepts. That's awesome. Yeah, I think that's also great for content. So let's talk more about like this idea of how to write content that satisfies and makes Google happy. I mean, Google's king as far as search engines, but like all the search engines platform.
1: Yeah. So the really cool thing about writing for SEO is I feel like we talk about repurposing content for multiple platforms, right? And we talk about our formulas to do that and all of that. The cool thing about writing for SEO is you have Google, Bing, DuckDuckGo, you have more voice search engines now, like Alexa, Siri, and they all use such a similar algorithm to recognize your content. So if you rank really well on Google, you're probably ranking well on all these other ones too, and you don't have to do anything different to make that happen. So I think that's one really cool thing, just as kind of like a bonus about writing for SEO, is you don't have to like keep repurposing it 20 times to get all these other like recognize everywhere else. But the first thing I would definitely say about writing content that satisfies Google is probably really similar to the type of thing that you're already teaching. And that's number one, stick to your niche and show authority. Google loves websites that stick to their topic, right? So Google gets confused if you're writing about everything in your life experience all over your website and you have like a little bit about what I ate for breakfast and you have this other thing over here about a trip to an amusement park and you have this whole fashion thing going on over there. And then you throw in some gardening and Google's like, what is this even about? I don't even know. So really niching down and showing you can be an authority in this one area is super important to Google. And if you have any actual professional authority, putting that on your site is really helpful too. Google will see that you're not just writing about it as a hobby or something like that, but actually showing you have certain degrees or certifications or certain life experience that qualifies you to write about something, including that on your about me page is also awesome for Google. Google loves that. So really just showing your authority and right. We do that anyways with our business. We want our clients to see, we know what we're talking about. So that also makes Google really happy. So that's the first thing. <laughs> Another thing is to know what your client is asking. Um, so right, we want to write content and know that our clients want that or our audience wants that content. So that's why we do market research and all of that. Keyword research for Google is really market research like times a million because millions of people are searching on Google right um but finding out what are people asking about my topic on google it's kind of that market research idea so doing keyword research right some people can get lost down this rabbit hole and i i do it too i get it but like <laughs> you can get lost on this rabbit hole and I feel like we make it a lot more complicated than it really is. It really comes back to what about my topic, my authority, my niche are people looking for answers to? Um, So that's really keyword research boiled down super simply, right? And the third thing is to really don't give your clients a reason to keep searching for somebody else. So let's say you have this post that's ranking on Google, don't give them a reason to go back to Google to find the rest of their answer, right? Right? So you really want to answer their questions and give them content that satisfies them and Google actually measures. Once somebody lands on their site. How long do they stay there. Do they click around to other pages on your website because all of this content is niched down and they found the answer to this one question here. So they're also super interested in all this other content over here. Right. Google measures how much they click around. It also measures whether they go back to search. And start clicking on other things. So it's also really important to Google that you actually answer the question that somebody's typing into Google and they land on your page for. So really, when you boil it all down, those are kind of the things, right? Stick to your niche, show your authority, right? Know what your client is asking and give them their answers.
0: Cool. I, I know that you said you went through a grad program and I'm like thinking about all the research that we do in academic writing and how similar it is mm-hmm. to the structure that we have where we we pick our topic and then we sit and we go down that rabbit hole of research um, and then we write content that satisfies our topic or at least our professors. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it is pretty similar to that. And honestly, when I do keyword research, I really think it makes it easier to write your post because you then get a focused idea. I'm focusing on this, these aspects of this one idea and I'm answering that question.
0: Cool. When you say you satisfy the question, is that like a depth thing or is it like a certain length that you have to have?
1: Yeah, you know, that's so, a big question. Yeah. <laughs> that's complicated a little bit. But um, the average content that's ranking on the first page of Google, and at least in the top of the first page of Google, is definitely over 1,200 words. Okay, So we're talking about more lengthy t- content. Um, if somebody has an answer to a question and you can satisfy it in less, that's fine. But I think the best way to rank content on Google is to write longer things, not fluff, right? So we're not like adding in all this other stuff that's irrelevant because none of us want to read that anyways. Like if we're looking for something, we want to find like our stuff, right? Right. Um, So that's not adding fluff. If you have a question and your answer is probably only 400 or 500 words, maybe you need to add other ideas into that content, right? So like maybe you add, like if you're writing, oh gosh, if you're writing on like shoelaces or something, I know that's totally random, but if you're like best shoelaces and you have one recommendation for the best shoelace, maybe you need to give three or four recommendations so people can choose for themselves out of these different options, which thing is the best. And then maybe you write best shoelaces for men, best shoelaces for women, best shoelaces for kids, right? So like you want to give a bigger answer, if that makes sense, so that you're more likely to satisfy the specific question that somebody has. Awesome.
0: Cool. So what mistakes do you kind of see when people are trying to do SEO and writing content for Google?
1: I think the two biggest mistakes I see when people first start writing for Google um, is recognizing that it's going to be, just because you write a con- write good content using keywords doesn't mean your post is going to rank. Um, you have to think about how difficult it will be to rank for that. So if the top pages showing up on Google are all huge mega websites, as like when you type in your keyword, It's going to be hard for your little brand new website, right? To rank against like NBC News or, you know what I mean? Those big, huge things that Google already recognizes. This is fantastic work, right? Um, So I think it's a better idea to target keywords that are being searched less. Okay. So maybe like under a thousand search queries as opposed to like 80,000. It's kind of like the same idea with Instagram hashtags, right? You have these hashtags that are huge and is your little Instagram post gonna show up in that top six? Mm, Maybe, right? But not as likely as if you search something that's less. So um, answering those more specific questions I think is really helpful. So I think that's like probably the biggest mistake people make. And I think the other mistake they make is spending way too much time researching and not enough time actually writing their content. So I'm totally guilty of this too, right? Spending all my time doing all this research. And so then I get these huge lists of all these words I need to write on, but then I never write the post because I spent like 10 hours researching and I now have like a hundred post
0: ideas and I'm overwhelmed. So forget that. (laughs) (laughs) That works. I do the same thing with email. Cool. So before I let you go, I have two more questions. Um, So the first one is tying all of this back to how it fits with email marketing, like getting people Mm -hmm. onto your list. um, How does or what is that correlation between like really good content that ranks you higher on SEO and getting people to opt in, getting people to want to come onto your email list and then building that list that way?
1: Yeah. I think
0: there's a couple things.
1: I think the first thing is we've all landed on those websites that you can tell this is just some person that's trying to rank their website and there's no substance there, but they've like figured out the algorithm and the formula. So their content shows up, you know, like, I'm a mom, right? And I've Googled things about my kids and I click on the first article and I realize like, I don't even think this is written by a mom. I think this is written by like some dude who just plugged a bunch of words together because he knew it would rank on Google. And this has nothing to do with me, right? So you need to make sure when you write your content, you don't get so caught up in being super cut and dry. You want to answer the question. You want it to be clear, but you want your personality to come through too in your writing. So there's kind of that like delicate balance there. You want people to resonate with you and like how you answered their question, right? As opposed to this little random thing they found somewhere else, right? Um, So I think that's the first thing. The second thing I think is when I say answer their question completely, that doesn't mean that you gave them everything you have to offer in one blog post, right? So like, I think you can write a post, answer their question, but they can still get a content upgrade with you. They can see how valuable it is to keep getting information from you and how, and if your website really shows that you're an authority there, you're building a rapport with these people, right? They're answering lots of my questions or they have lots of recipes I like, or, ooh, look at all their fitness tricks. Like they have a whole bunch more. Wait, their email list, like I can download this free thing from them that has all of this, right? So I think all those things kind of pull people in more to your email list.
0: Cool. So like all those 26 touch points that a customer has to have before they purchase or or subscribe to us.
1: Yeah. Totally. So all of those elements, just because you're writing for SEO doesn't mean you're ignoring everything else.
0: Cool. Awesome. Um, man, I actually had one more question. <laughs> yeah. So many questions. Uh, <laughs> you talked about ranking and finding those keywords and the searches, what tool do you use that allows people to like look through and say, this is a keyword that may be a good fit to help me start building.
1: Yeah, so the tool I use is called Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S. It is expensive. I use it because I'm doing a ton of keyword research, not just for me, but for other people as well. If you're a newbie, you do not need to pay like $100 a month for a search engine researcher, right? Not necessary. I really like, there's a plugin you can get for your computer called keywords uh, Keyword Surfer is good. I like Keywords Everywhere better. Um, sorry, I have both so that's why I was getting stuck. Um, Keyword Surfer is okay. Keywords Everywhere I like better. Um, you can get it as like a Button on Chrome that you can add. So when you just type something into Google, you can get some like keyword research just from the thing you've typed into Google, which I think is cool because it's using Google's own platform to do keyword research, right, as opposed to having to open up something totally separate. And the nice thing about Keywords Everywhere is if you want more information than the free thing is giving you, it is so cheap to add on just a little bit more to do a paid query, like cents. It costs cents a search to add on their like extra stuff you get with the paid platform, but you can get so much with their free platform. So I really like keywords everywhere. And the other thing is Google gives you some of those keywords. So I don't know if you ever notice when you do a Google search, as you start scrolling down, it pops up these boxes with questions and little down arrows so you can see little snippets, answers. um, Those questions are keywords. When you're typing something into Google and it's auto-completing what you're typing, those are keywords. Okay, So all of those things are keywords. When you go all the way to the bottom of your Google search and it has people also search for with the little magnifying glass and a whole bunch of options, those are keywords. So you can find a lot just from Google without investing in a really expensive platform.
0: Cool. So basically Google is like the easiest way to Google all the keywords.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you won't get ideas about search volume just from Google, but with that Keywords Everywhere extension, you do. Gotcha.
0: Awesome sauce. Awesome. And the last thing I like to leave my readers with an action or readers listeners with an action step that they can take away and go implement same day so what is one step that they can do today to help them start ranking or to start writing better content that google loves
1: yeah the first thing i totally recommend that you do is um when you have an idea for a piece of content, I would just type it right into Google and look at those quick things that Google tells you, right? The autocomplete, the questions people ask in the middle of your search, and then the stuff at the bottom. That's the first easiest thing I think there is to do. Awesome.
0: Well, thank you so much. This has been awesome. And where can people find you if they're looking for more on SEO or gluten-free? Yeah.
1: So my SEO site is just SEO with Sharon, S-H-A-R-O-N.com. And so if you go there, you can find my services and stuff I offer as well as a free PDF download called the six things you need to rank on Google where that talks about all the things I just talked about plus more. Um, If you're into gluten-free, come find me over on my food site, right? So it's thehelpfulgf.com.
0: Awesome. And I'm going to make sure I put these links in the show description so that people have them. Um, Yay. This was fun.
1: Yeah, I had a lot of fun. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Thanks for hopping on. All right. That is what I have. And I will chat with you soon. Thanks. See you later. Hey there, thanks for joining this tea time chat. I hope you enjoyed today's cup of coffee. If you're looking for insider email and copy tips and tricks I don't share anywhere else, go to briannasexton.com forward slash insiders to become an inbox insider. This is for the serious heart-centered entrepreneur ready to step into relationship with her audience. Also. If you enjoyed this episode, like, review, subscribe, share it with a friend, all that jazz. Let me know what resonated with you. Share a pic, snap a pic, and share it with me on Instagram at Brianna Sexton Copy so I can thank you and send love your way. Until our next adventure, I wish you warm leads and wonderful connections. Chat soon.